tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. every Saturday from 3 to 6, well into a conversation about what I consider to be the most important policy issue of the past decade. And I think a lot of people agree with me on that. It is Obamacare, national health care, and all the implications of that. I'm beginning to think... uh, the rabbit there are a lot of little rabbit holes around here one is that this may be a deliberately divisive policy issue that is batted back and forth on purpose by both parties simply to keep the parties relevant and alive i feel like that for issues that supreme court issues a lot of times abortion and gun rights all they talk about is but the supreme court we we would let you be a libertarian but the supreme court So there's that issue. There's the idea that perhaps the collapse of Obamacare is something the Democrats wanted all along, that it was a it's supposed to be a Trojan horse, that if this uh, Obamacare, as opposed to true nationalized medicine, fails, the replacement won't be a return to liberty. That does not usually happen. But the replacement would be government insurance. I mean, that I think that is what we're being shown as the natural next step here as insurers flee the market what's wrong with a little government health insurance company you know pretty soon that's all there is to it and there would be a single payer there's a lot of nuances here i also think it's interesting how trump is uh attacked the freedom caucus which is the tea party and even to the point where he wants to threaten their seats, these are congressmen who are in very conservative districts who I don't think could go wrong supporting the Constitution, which requires that health care not be regulated by the feds, but by the state, if at all. I think that if that's an interesting development. I wonder what Trump is up to. Is he really trying to get the Tea Party to heal to the establishment. I don't understand his strategy there, but uh, I am open to what your opinions are. And I know, uh, give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I also want to get some tweets. I saw a couple of explosive tweets come across the feed at Monica Perez Show. (laughs) Binkley, my producer, do you have, uh, you want to pick one of those for me? Yes, Dean, very explosive tweet. He says the establishment GOP just wants to catch up with the British conservatives. That is very interesting, and I'll tell you why. I said this from the very beginning. It was my number one problem with Obamacare, like before it passed, was 
that if you if if it once fully implemented one way or another, the economy of the United States is more than 50 percent government controlled. So people's jobs get uh, funneled through a government mandated industry like healthcare and education and mortgages like these are all things. Many, many things, defense and educate, all these things are uh, government policy determines people's paychecks, what goes in or out of their wallets. And if you have an economy where governments, government payments are really account for more than 50 percent of the economy or some critical mass number, you never get people, the majority of the people to to vote for actually smaller governments. Your conservatives are no longer small government people. They are efficient government people. And that's the way it is in the UK. They don't talk about liberating healthcare. They talk about running it more efficiently. And I anticipated that. And uh, very good, Dean. Thank you. Uh, Give me one more and then I'm going to go to Gary. All right. Jasper tweets, if you want to get to affordable health care, don't start from here. Drop back 100 years and punt. Repeal the medical cartel completely. Interesting. Uh, that I was talking earlier about, and I, I did tweet a two-part article by, I think it was Michelle, his name is M-I-C-H-E-L-A-C-C-A-D, I think his name was, on Mises.org, M-I-S-E-S, where he talked about the early history of uh, healthcare regulation in this country. The first part was a very early hi- history, about 100 years ago. And then he talks about why it exploded after World War II. And some of the backstory there was the Carnegie and Rockefeller Foundations uh, financed in the sh- from the shadows, or promoted from the shadows, a reexamination of educating doctors, of medical schools, and they encouraged that those things get regulated, which shrunk the size of them. They closed down licensing, shrinks the size of providers. And then when a little mini crisis arose, they they funded a study that erroneously concluded what we really need. The problem isn't the system. It's the lack of a system. We need national health care. This was 100 years ago coming out of Carnegie and Rockefeller. And if you dig more deeply, some say that the Rockefeller oil industry was behind big pharma because chemicals are a um, or used started out as, if not still, um, oil byproducts that it's just a it's like um It's just about selling drugs that you want insurance and everything. You want to disconnect people's consuming drugs from paying for them. And it's a way to just funnel that redistribution of wealth straight, you know, through you, but up to big pharma. So it's really cronyism, which I think people have touched on a few times. Those were 140 characters can really spur quite a conversation. (laughs) You'll know that if you follow me on Twitter. Explosive tweets. Say it again. Explosive tweets. They really were. Explosive tweets. So let me do some rapid fire here on the lines. Uh, 404-872-0750 uh, is the best number to call right now. I'm going to Gary in Roswell. Gary, you are on with Monica. Good afternoon, Good afternoon Monica. Appreciate the time. Um, I'm going to try to be rapid fire. I've got a prefacing statement and a point. Number one, I question why did he want to be president? What was his motivation? Money? Don't think so. Power? Don't think so. I think it was a sincere effort to make America great again, period. I agree. Fireside chats are his fireside chats are his tweets. Makes me feel uncomfortable sometimes, but he's an agent of change. And he's trying to change the fact six of the top ten counties in income according to the 2010 census border Washington, D.C. Excavating that is not easy. 
So when he makes me feel uncomfortable, I, I'm with you, but I can't necessarily doubt his effectiveness, and here's my point. This week, with his tweets about Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, Carl, uh, Raul Labrador, and others with the uh, Freedom Caucus, they came back to the table. Yesterday in the Washington Examiner, it was reported, and Mark Meadows was quoted in the article, that not only are they back to the table, they originally wanted two out of the 12 mandates, or excuse me, eight out of the 12 mandates rescinded in that bill that never voted on it. They only got two that were in there. The two that were in there, uh, one was the uh, the company must offer, and the second was the individual must buy. Those were in that bill. They came back this week and said, okay, we wanted six more. We're going to give up four of them. We're going to let Medicaid tax credits happen. Here's what we want, and this is all we want. And if we get this, you got our votes, and it's back to the centrist and the Republican Party. This baby's coming back for another vote. It's going to pass before the end of April. President Trump is going to make it happen. Is and that what you want? Here, here are the th- there are the two things they asked for. But as a Trump supporter, I just, just I, I don't want to get into the details any further no, than we already have. I just want to say have. one, two things. Taylor's right. Essential health benefits go out, and community ratings go out. That's what they want. And this deal is going to be done. But what do you want? I want more free market. I want states. I want but this isn't that. Everything else. But I believe they're correct. I believe it has to be reconciliation. And then phase two is Tom Price gutting the rest of the administration. And then we've got the real fight with the real bill. I think it's the only way it's going to happen. It's not going to happen with a brand new bill and a full repeal. I we've think. the Freedom Caucus on board right now. This, if you read the article, March 31 yesterday, Washington Examiner. It's there i think that if you get a republican restructuring of this health care system they're going to own it and they're going to like it and it's going to be in their pockets and they're not going to turn around when have the republicans ever turned around in phase two and said more freedom they don't do it phase two is administrative tom price just does it like kathleen sebelius just did it what makes you think he's going to just do that all about pardon why do you have faith in Tom Price to do that? Because he, like Taylor, knows what's in the bill. He was a doctor. You know what? At some point, you've got to have faith. And Tom, President Trump has got them back to the table. Nobody knows that. Nobody's aware of it yet, but it's happened. And they've All right. If, made their if it is, see, this is the thing. So you did say, and, and I think it's correct, you simply have to have faith. You have to have faith in you started out your argument by saying, does Trump want money? I don't think so. Does Trump want power? I don't think so. He just wants to make America great again. That's where the faith comes in. You have confidence that you understand his motives and that he has a plan that is going to work. A very clever political plan that is going to, and I, I don't even want to like argue. I just feel like that it's simply an act of faith. And as a person of principle, I feel like I don't I don't need all that stuff. Just get rid of it. They could repeal it. They passed the repeal many, many times. And uh, and Obama vetoed it. Why not just pass a repeal? And then, uh, you know, worse comes to worse. You have freedom in its place. I mean, I I understand it's complicated. That's what I don't like about the swamp. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. High today of 75, tomorrow's high 79. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I have a weekend prize pack for you. 
For tickets to celebrate spring break, April 1st to 9th at Stone Mountain Park. And check out the all-new Dinosaur Explorer and a family four-pack of tickets to the Atlanta Gladiators' last home game on April 8th at the Infinite Energy Arena. First to call, 404-741-0750. Gets that prize pack. And lots of people have already called about what to do about health care. Before the break, I had to cut to a break, but it was a very interesting call about uh, that maybe this is a complicated political negotiation and Trump is a genius at negotiation is the premise and that he has no motives like money or power that could possibly get in the way of what he really wants for this country, which is to make it great again. He knows how and the ultimate health care bill will facilitate that. Problem I have with that is I don't want an ultimate health care bill. You don't need to compromise within the Republican side to get a replacement bill. Look at the Gorsuch nomination. That guy has unbroken Republican support because he supports the Constitution. You could repeal Obamacare. I don't accept the premise that we need all these machinations to make <laughs> to wedge in there and Obamacare light and ultimately no Obamacare. Uh, just repeal it. It is totally possible. And that is what, one of the reasons Trump was elected. Probably the number one reason was to get a Republican in there because they had faith that the Republicans would just repeal it. They'd voted to repeal it many times. Obama vetoed it. So, I don't know. What do you think? 404-872-0750. I'm going to Ross in Monticello. Hi, Ross. You're on with Monica. Hello. How are you this afternoon? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. The only political statement I really have is, yes, Obama here needs to go. But what I really called for was a moment ago you were talking with a guy, and he was talking about his hospital bill. And it was some $125,000, $150,000, whatever it was. And his insurance company negotiated it down to, I think he said, $25,000. And I work in health care, so I can tell you what that is. The, the main cause behind that is that when you sign a contract with an insurer, they put a clause in there for usual and customary pricing. Usual and customary pricing cannot be less for a cash-paying customer than basically what they pay you. So if they reimburse $100 on something, we can charge less than $100 in a penny to another patient for the same product that they reimbursed $100 for. So are you saying they have to charge $100,000 for everything and then uh, so that whatever the top price the insurance company is willing to pay, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't exceed that? It, it cannot be less than that. It, it, so if, if, right, if, right. If, if the insurer is willing to pay $100,000 on something, then they have to charge $101,000 or whatever for Right. Because otherwise they violate their contract. They risk the insurer basically taking back their reimbursement and then losing their contract and possibly jail time. It's very complicated, especially when you get into the Medicare and Medicaid. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of kooky inefficiency that you get from central planning that it's like. Hayek's theory of information was everybody in the whole world has all the information needed and prices clearing unites that information at an efficient point. Central planning negates that principle. That was a big idea. I'm going to explain it after the break. 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Chef. You got me excited. 
because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6. So we're in the home stretch, but we still have lots to talk about. I want to congratulate Matt for winning the prize pack. That is a big one. So that's great. Congratulations to you. And before the break, I threw out a, a like a brain bomb, a big idea that I did not fully explain. And, and this is the... I was talking about how when you read these bills, they try, uh, I had a good call from a guy in the medical industry who said why, why the bills are crazy and then you get these huge discounts and all this complicated stuff and why Obamacare is 2,700 pages and all this kind of stuff. Here is a fundamental libertarian principle. Central planning does not work. It cannot be more efficient or result in a better outcome for more people than liberty can. And there's a theory by a famous kind of, I'm going to call him proto-libertarian thinker, Friedrich Hayek. I, I, he seems to stipulate the need for a safety net. And, you know, he believes in the state, which I don't. I, I think the modern state is a corruption of social organization. But but yeah, he was a great economist and thinker, and he came up with this theory of information i've mentioned it before on the air but i think it's worth just explaining it's the supposedly the basis for wikipedia according to jimmy wales the founder of wikipedia where all the information needed to make decisions or how the world works or a system works or economy works or whatever all that information can never be held by one person but everybody in the world probably does have all of that information certainly most of it so if you have a mechanism by which all that information can come together and constantly be corrected by everybody else, you're going to have basically as close to a perfect, efficient outcome as possible. With the So Hayek was using it to justify the pricing mechanism so, and cost accounting, which shows how much stuff costs to go in. If something stays on the shelf at a certain price, the price is too high. So the fact that nobody buys it, the price comes down. Then when it gets to the right price, somebody takes it. And that kind of pricing at every little store, every gas station, if there were kind of a free market in gas, I'm not sure about that. There isn't OPEC, but those prices can instantly reflect the the supply and demand of every single solitary thing in the world instantaneously all the time. And Wikipedia, similarly, you throw out some piece of misinformation and somebody is going to see it and fix it. And that's what happens. Wikipedia stands up to the mainstream media by a lot. Like it will get corrected in Wikipedia instantly. Now I think Wikipedia is basically hijacked by the, <laughs> the information elites, but... That's a topic for another time. But I'm saying, so when you try to say this is a better way to run healthcare, I say there's no better way to run healthcare than a free market, than liberty, than a clearing pricing mechanism where people who are buying it are paying for it. If they want to go out and buy insurance in case they get this unexpected illness at a young age and they want to chip in with a bunch of other young people who are also unlikely to get that illness and in that pot is a reserve for the one unlucky lottery winner who gets the illness, that's insurance. And you can choose to buy that or not. And okay, if you wanna have a safety net for the person who doesn't buy it, who goes to uh, you know, city hospital, that's a different question. But 
the there is no efficiency in the central planning. It can't work. I refuse to really dig into the policy nitty gritty at a certain point because it cannot work. So uh, uh, I want to take some calls. I'm going to go to Mike next. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Binkley, though, my producer Binkley here has. Uh, do you have a tweet for me? Yeah, I got a good tweet from Casey's mom. She says, the bad thing about the UK healthcare is that they prioritize you. So you could wait months for something depending on how bad it is. Okay, that also goes to the idea of pricing. If you are desperate enough to get treatment that you're willing to pay more, that's how the pricing mechanism works. It priori- You get to prioritize. Now, granted, the, the, there is an ethical idea that no one should be able to prioritize uh, health based on money. But ethically speaking, what's happening now by subsidizing demand for unnecessary health care, you really tax the system. So the system is taxed. Nobody, people overuse free stuff. And then uh, the waste, the amount of people who don't get treatment in seems to me self-evident from having this overwhelmed system that drives out doctors but drives up patients, that can't possibly be better than uh, a system where some people have to go to charity to get health care they can't afford. I mean, that is a totally separate question. That's a safety net question, which we have. When people make fun of us, people in other countries say stuff like, the only thing I know about America is People get shot and then left in the gutter to die right outside hospitals. I'm telling you, I've been to places like Australia and England where cab drivers will say stuff like that to you. It's bizarre because we have this reputation around the world of being uh, gunslingers and having no public health. But we have so much public health. No, that would never happen. Never, ever, ever. And it's probably because we don't have this public system. So anyway, that's uh, the the. These are all the principles of liberty, and they're not about just falling on your sword for the Ten Commandments. They're about the outcome. The outcomes are better with uh, market-clearing pricing mechanisms, and uh, there's more efficiency for people, more utility. People are happier, better off. So So even if you don't care about the principle, you might care about that. So let me go to Mike in Canton. Hi, Mike. You're on with Monica. Yeah, hey, Monica, I love your show. Um, what I wanted to talk about, I might be very ignorant on this, not necessarily dumb, but ignorant and maybe a little naive, but I'm like you, I believe in a free market system, but I've, I don't know if this is a possibility or maybe too impractical, but I was thinking of a blend. Let's say that no one has to buy insurance. I mean, they, you know, just like you say, they get it if they want it, if they don't want it, but they would have a system where you would have sort of like a universal health care system uh, with all the insurance companies would have to offer, like just a basic, simple plan, just a real simple, basic plan. They'd have to at least offer it to everybody for a fairly low price that would be mandated between the states and maybe the federal government. And then after that, there would be like tiers that people could buy more if they want to, and that's where the real competition would come in, like a free market system where lots of insurance companies would compete for people that want to get more health insurance than, say, others. So there might be a Tier 2, a Tier 3, or a Tier 4, but no one would have to buy insurance, but there would be 
uh, uh, like insurance that would be a base thing that would be very Does that low, feel to you a little bit permanent. like food stamps? Like where there are people who, I mean, I think 40 or 50 million people are on food stamps. It's just this basic, you get a basic amount for food, and if you want luxuries, I think actually you can maybe charge luxuries to those credit cards and stuff, but... But I, the idea would be like a, uh, you know, it actually reminds me of this Republican concept, believe it or not, of the basic income payment where everybody and, and I feel like elements of that were embedded in this Obamacare 2.0 in that they wanted to send people. I think the first pass was to basically send people checks, go buy yourself some basic insurance and then rich people can get more. But yeah, but that even. You can come up with ideas like that, but you could also just say, hey, if you're too poor, we have safety nets in place. I'm not a fan of safety nets, but I feel like the first order of business is to separate out the concept of poor safety net stuff from basic health insurance. You do not need to get health insurance to pay for a doctor's visit if you can just pay for the doctor's visit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what do you want to do? You, you're trying to help poor people. Or you're trying to make sure everybody has insurance. Basically, I'm just trying to blend it so there won't be, you know, you know, everybody's going to argue forever. So I'm saying, hey, blend it. In a sense, it's still a free market system. You don't yeah. have to get the health insurance if you yeah. don't want to. But every insurance company would have to offer at least a base plan that would be the same, and yeah. then the free market would come in after that. That way, everyone's kind of satisfied and saying, hey, we have sort of a blend of a universal, you know, healthcare system that's not mandated. I mean, they don't have to do it because it's a free country and liberty and justice yeah. and all that. But at least it's available. And then for the people that want more, and the reason I say this, earlier in your call you talked about, and this is where I kind of, I don't object to what you said, but I was thinking out, out to myself, you know, it's true about when people talk about car insurance, yeah, they don't pay for the oil you put into your car. But the thing is it costs so much more for health insurance. It's not like a fine, like I can get a whole new car, build a motor for $1,000, and I'm done, even if it's an ugly car. It's a little bit different with your health in that you go in the hospital for gallstones or something ridiculous like that, and they do an x-ray, and it's $100,000 just, just to do that. So right, you, but you don't here's, really have the luxury. Yeah, you know? but if I look back... My mother had nine kids, so I'm the youngest. So when I, when I tell you when her first children were born, do not judge my age by that. But she had, she had children in the 50s and 60s where she was paying uh, like several hundred dollars and staying in the hospital for five days straight. And I did the math once. I wish I had it handy. But it's something like in real dollars, in today's dollars, if you went back, it cost 10 times more now to have a baby in the hospital 10 times more without necessarily better outcomes, unless there's an emergency. I don't know. I never looked at that. But what I'm saying is regular health care in a free market really wouldn't cost that much more. Like those prices are a function of subsidizing health care or inserting insurance into uh, health care instead of it shouldn't be insurance should only be for the emergency, for the for the car accident, for they take an x-ray for your gallstone and they find a malignant tumor. You know, that's what yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I what you're saying. I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. The, the, the problem is, is you're a purist on the free market yes, system and yes. the way the world is today. Yes. Uh, to get to that purist 
I understand. Yes, why and you are, and what you're saying to me on its face. Uh, I mean, I haven't. Maybe there's a hidden trap in there. I'm not seeing just in real time here. But yeah, I get that. That that would be uh, a first pass safety net. That my guess is the insurance companies would be happy to offer because those people hardly would use it. And if you had like healthcare spending accounts and stuff for high deductible, if you're talking about young people or whatever, you know, low risk pools, they would be happy to do it. It would, and I'm sure they would be happy to compete across state lines, which is a big thing. So, yeah, yeah I think what I'm yeah. trying to come up with is something that Trump, uh, you know, may think of in the sense of, you know, that it's like a compromise, but it's it's like it's you're bending to the people, the, the universal health care people, yeah. and you're also bending to the Republican libertarians who want a real uh, free market type system. And yeah. you're kind of doing it without mandating it, without making giving the government total control. Yeah, and I and I think that there are ways to do that. You're, it sounds good. I would probably be more in favor of that than the the uh, complicated thing they actually did come up with. Got to take a quick break, Jennifer. You are next. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News ninety five five and AM seven fifty WSB. Thunderstorms Monday and a high of 74 as the work week begins, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I am going to give Jennifer the last word. Jennifer, you have one minute. Go. Hey, Monica. How are you this afternoon? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, Monica, one of the things that I find so frustrating about this health care debate is that it seems that there's so many people discussing the problem, but the people that are discussing the problem are not the people that are actually participating in the problem as I am. And people are offering solutions, but they're not actually the people who are living under healthcare.gov which has affected me and my family very personally and very financially. Can you and give it to me in like 20 seconds, what your upshot is, good, bad? What my upshot is we need to get rid of healthcare.gov, but we can't get rid of it immediately. There needs to be a solution to get back to a free market environment. All right, well, maybe maybe that's what they are really after i don't know i hope so i wish they would spell that out but i agree with you that that i that was one of the things i really wanted to get to on the show today uh so i really appreciate that you called because it's you get sucked into it and then you're reliant on it and if you letting it collapse or causing people a lot of pain to spite one faction or another is not going to be a good strategy it's not moral and it's not politically astute Thanks so much for the call, Jennifer. I'm sorry I've got to wrap it up. Binkley, uh, we have, we'll be back next week, regular time, Saturday, 3 to 6. In the meanwhile, if people want to get podcasts or whatever, tell them what to do. Go to PropagandaReportDaily.com and subscribe to um, iTunes or Google Play. And there you can get podcasts that Binkley and I do. I'm going to try to do one in the next couple of days to get to some of the deeper issues that we were not able to get to. But also this show, if you are just tuning in, you want to hear the whole show, we'll also put that in our feed Uh, probably Tuesday. So thank you very much. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.